sex with all those men cars. Enforce my friends is violence, the supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. And you know, there is something very important we need to do as soon as possible. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative. Hello and welcome. This is the Parents Guide podcast where we discuss movies with a focus on sex and violence. And today uh, we do something exciting, discussing the first horror movie on this podcast, which is Scream from 1996. And uh, my guest today is a returning guest uh, and it's Jocelyn. Hello. Hello. I'm excited to be back, especially for Scream. Yes. I'm super, super excited that you picked this movie and we will get into it. Since you are a returning guest, uh, I have asked you the introductory questions already. But yes. um, does anything else come to mind when you think of movies from the past or, or things from the past that uh, had an effect on you that you maybe have remembered since last time that brought up memories? <laughs> I mean... I, Scream was one of the first horror movies I saw. Okay. Um, Do you remember how old you were? I was probably like 13. I got into horror later than I should have. Because as a kid, one of my favorite movies was Coraline. Mm -hmm. And I would... That was like the only like horror movie I watched. And I think it's because I was like, it's not technically horror. And horror sounds scary. But I loved Coraline, so I don't know what I was talking about. But then I decided to get into horror, and uh, the f I think I watched the Daniel Radcliffe one first, just because I was like, well, it's Daniel Radcliffe, so I can just make Harry Potter references the whole time if I get too scared. Um, but then I watched this one, and I loved it, and I tried to get more into slashers, but then I didn't like some of the other early slashers. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. me, I have controversial slasher opinions. I know, I know, I know. And I can only imagine, <laughs> uh, like, starting with the Scream and going backwards might be a strange experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> although I know that that this was something for many, many people, uh, especially at a younger age when they watched Scream, that they then uh, wanted to discover what, what <laughs> which is funny, of course, what all of it, what, what they were talking about, basically. <laughs> which is funny. And I mean, um, we probably would get into it, but... Um, you would Im imagine that uh, this movie would only work if you know what they are talking about. But clearly, yeah. from the big success of these movies, that was not necessary. I feel like that's part of what makes Scream so fun is that like it's quote unquote like meta nature is also like explaining itself. So it's mm -hmm. like you can laugh even more when you know more. But then like they are like they have those moments of like Randy just fully tells them. Mm -hmm. kind of in a way like not necessarily a plot exposition dump but like <laughs> trope exposition dump yes, I guess yes, 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 where he's yes. just fully like you can't have sex you can't do drugs mm -hmm. but like it's also kind of funny in that moment so like offsetting the like dump of context yeah yeah absolutely uh, I, I really really noticed that even more so on this rewatch um, but we're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves yes um, <laughs> but since you uh you picked stream as your movie uh, i mean you 
you deliver the transition right away, which is fine, which is fine. Because my, my normally my second question is, what's your history with this movie, which you have just explained? And uh, I, I just want to say, uh, like like with many movies that I'm discussing here, uh, my age shows, because I also saw this one when it came out in cinemas. Yeah. Um, Before I was born. Probably, yes. <laughs> Before a lot of people that I have on this podcast were born. But that's that's fine. Uh, I actually think it's it's nice that there are like very often different in a way generations discussing these films, right? Because yeah. of course I have a different perspective on them having seen them when they came out and people discovering them later, which is nice. I do remember that I really, really loved the film uh, when it came out. I was into horror already. Uh, I was um, 17. Uh, I realized that when I looked this up today that the movie came out in Germany in October of 1997, almost a year after it came out in the US. I was oh, really wow. surprised that by that. That seems very late. It's super late. That normally doesn't happen, especially with a movie as successful as this one. You would yeah. imagine that they would deliver it here earlier. But I do remember, I mean, it was still like the, the first moments of the internet, basically, um, when this came out. Uh, that, that was really, really early, early internet times. Yeah, I was aware of the buzz around this movie already, especially since it, it had been so long. Um, yeah, a full year people had definitely been talking. <laughs> I really, really liked it. Um, and uh, yeah, and I watched I watched Scream 2 in cinemas too. And I think even Scream 3, I think I watched that in cinema as well. Um, so I really was was fully into it. And um, yeah, we will get into it. Uh, I do, I almost wonder if it's necessary to give a plot summary for Scream. Compared to some of these other films I have been discussing, this one is really po probably one of the most popular films we, we could discuss here. But just in case there is someone listening to this episode not having seen Scream... Again, I, I don't know why you would yeah. do that, especially first with this film. Go watch it first. Just yeah, pause. I mean, we said the same for Bound, but yet, like, what yeah. Scream? Like, this is, yeah. you have to watch Scream. <laughs> and if you don't want to watch it, then why are you listening? I, I, but it's fine. <laughs> if you want to listen anyway, that's fine too. Yeah, I mean, Scream is the um, new incarnation of the slasher film for the 90s, basically. And I don't even know if I want to get into the plot too much. We will probably get into the plot anyway when we discuss everything. So, um, yeah, if you want to have a summary, come on, you'll find it or watch it. <laughs> I wanted to start again with uh, the rating. And uh, I, I, I had known this, but I wasn't aware of it as much as I, I, I thought when I read it up yesterday, how much this movie was a rating controversy. Because it seems oh, odd it? now. It was. So it got uh, it was rated R in the US. And I want to get into yeah. it later. But uh, they had to cut many, many things because otherwise it would have been an NC-17. Oh. So the MPAA really, me. really had issues with it. And if if I read you the um, the reasoning for the rated R, I think you can already see that because it is rated R for strong, graphic, horror, violence, and gore, and for language. And I don't think I've ever read strong, but graphic, even horror, say violence. doesn't about sexual content? No, that's it. That's it, oh. which is also strange because it has some sexual content, not much. Yeah, usually they put that in there too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, horror violence, violence wasn't even that bad. I think I, I I thought about this. I think it was um, because horror had been on a on a kind of a downslide in the nineties. I think people weren't used to that violence anymore. So I think for 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 nineteen ninety six, it was kind of surprising to see a movie um, with this kind of violence, which we, again, of course, we will get into. So yeah, it seems odd now, but yeah, it wasn't especially that... like I don't know, Wes Craven did so many more violent films before this. 
in a way. Yeah, you would, that's yeah. True. Like I don't know, comparing a... uh, or even just like yeah, and like Nightmare on Elm Street, so much more graphic deaths in that. Mm, I wonder actually. Well, we we'll so get to when we talk about the yeah, violence. Yeah, we'll talk. I, I think. <laughs> I think because it's an interesting question. Um, I'm still. I'm still. I, I, I'm so fascinated by the term horror violence because it sounds like it's a different kind of violence yeah. than other violence. Um, yeah. When I did Existence, uh, we also saw that there is sci-fi violence. So um, I guess the MPA has different kinds of violence available. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So in Germany, it was rated 18, which is the highest rating you can you can get in Germany. Um, yeah, basically which the means same as R. It's more. It's actually more like NC17. I thought when it rated R, I think you have to be 17, don't you? Yes, yes, but like the 18 is as rare as the NC17 is in oh, the US. Oh, is it? Maybe not, maybe not quite as rare, but it's like, especially for movies that came out come out in, in, in cinemas, that doesn't happen very often. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, which also means I was not 18 when I watched this in cinemas. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I I, uh, I already did that a year before when I watched uh, From Dust Till Dawn when I was... Uh, 15 and, and it was yeah. also an 18 rated movie so um this wasn't special anymore when i watched scream we've all um, snuck into the rated yes, r movies yes. <laughs> but in germany they were really strict with this normally so um oh okay yeah uh so in in many in most other countries it is rated uh 16 or 18 actually 18 happens in a lot of countries so this is really a, a highly rated movie again which seems surprising to us now i think um, yeah like and- hearing that it's rated r makes sense Hearing that it was almost NC-17 and that it was the highest rating everywhere doesn't make sense. Yeah. And again, you will not believe what they wanted to have cut or what they had to cut to get uh, not an NC-17. We'll get into that. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Uh, The lowest rating is uh, actually, and this is a surprise maybe, it's in Denmark, and which is 15, because in France, it was rated 16. I mean, Denmark, France, they're similar. (laughs) <laughs> all the Denmark and French people are like no <laughs> yeah but since France always has been the lowest one with every movie like every, almost every yeah. movie is rated 12 in France I, I was surprised but it also says that that there was a re-rating in France and then they downgraded it to 12 so well oh okay in the end it, it worked out okay good this is uh this is a, a lot of rating talk but again if you just look at the ratings on the imdb page it, it's so much because there's so many re-ratings and ratings for other versions and so on much more than for almost any other movie i have discussed, discussed yeah. so far so it, it seems to have been a really big deal for some reason yeah which is um almost a lot of violence talk but as you know we doesn't don't start with violence we start with sex so yes. in your opinion <laughs> What would you argue is the most sexual scene in Scream? Mm. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's the interesting thing. There actually isn't really that much of a sexual scene in Scream. There's more talk about sex. Mm-hmm. But there is technically like a sex scene. You just don't actually see the act. You see like a build up to it and then mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. But I guess that would have to be the most sexual scene. Yeah, it's the only thing where sex happens. But yeah, as you yeah. say, I and again, I kind of had forgotten about that that you actually don't see anything. It's um, it's 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 really interesting. Of course, w- what is interesting about that scene is how much it means mm-hmm. for, yeah. for for the plot and for everything, right? Because they discuss the sex early in the movie, and uh, Sydney is really clear that she doesn't want to have sex yet, 
And mm -hmm. of course, it's also funny is that they describe the sex in uh, rating terms, uh, yep. which I had completely <laughs> forgotten about, um, which is so fitting then that this movie had, was an, a rating controversy. Um, yeah, that it opens almost. Yeah. <laughs> like the ratings. And so we don't see the sex. We see, again, as you said, we see the before. We see Sydney getting undressed up to a point. Yeah, there's still no actual nudity not at all movie. not at all when it comes to sex the movie's really really tame right it's like yeah. really really tame and what i like about it is that it plays with it too right because yeah it is combined with the moment when they're watching halloween and uh and Stu says oh there's the obligatory boob shot and, and we don't it see cuts, it in halloween yeah. and then it cuts to sydney in her bra um, yeah. but don't, then we don't get the boob shot mm-hmm which is That's one actually, of the many, many I, ways yeah. the movie's playing sort of with commenting with on it. itself, but also refusing to actually yeah. like objectify her. <laughs> yeah. It's such a small moment, but I think it says so much about yeah. this film, right? How it mm -hmm. knows what it's doing so much, especially with this little moment, you know, which is mm -hmm. what I love. And I think that this is something that got lost in a lot of uh, followers of Scream uh, that tried to do the same thing, but didn't really know how to do it. Uh, that scream yeah. is so clever with these moments that it really is so much in love with the genre and with everything that makes the genre what it is, especially with this with this sex scene. Um, yeah, and it knows when to like poke holes. Yeah, exactly, and it does yeah. it so much more than I remembered. Yeah, like it loves the genre, but it also has criticisms of the genre, which, mm -hmm. as someone who feels the exact same way, <laughs> mm -hmm. love this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I, re I loved it so much more than than ever before in a way. Uh, and I mean, mm -hmm. again, we'll get to that. But uh, the whole finale with Sydney and and how she's portrayed uh, throughout the film actually, I think, is really really interesting. Uh, yeah, definitely, she's definitely one of my favorite characters, just like of all time, not just like Final Girls. Yeah, yeah, I think she's one of the most interesting female characters in horror movies, like ever. Mm -hmm. There, of course, is the the scene that we um, briefly mentioned already, which is the earlier scene where she and uh, Billy talk about sex, uh, mm -hmm. which is again has this this very playful moment when she says, "How about a little peachy 13? And then she flashes him, which we again yes. we don't see anything. But this moment is also interesting, I think, both because of his reaction. He's mm -hmm. like, I found that noticeable this time that he's like he's laughing, but it seems like he doesn't really know what to do with it. Yeah, and then he just calls her a tease. <laughs> Yeah. And then when he's gone, she's smiling and then she stops smiling and seems really like not feeling good anymore. I found that I really noticed it this time. Yeah. Um, I feel so I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> but like the way they portray like her sort of like sexual trauma mm -hmm. and sexuality. Yeah. Is like works so well to counter the genre but I do have like small critiques at the same time <laughs> so like Billy's clearly an asshole mm -hmm. um, which we see in that it, scene like, already yeah like he comes over and then he's just like why won't you have sex with me basically and then he's jokingly saying it but then he's like I'm only half serious but then he's like oh you're a tease and leaves and I feel like that's sort of why she said because she's sort of feeling guilty and she sort of voices mm -hmm. that later to yeah. Tatum and of course also in that moment she makes yeah. like a deal with him that says okay we can make out like a, a top of our clothes 
And then like yeah. just moments later, he tries to get under her clothes. So he does not respect her wishes, even then, mm -hmm. which is where we see already. I mean, I mean, something that struck me really this time, even more than ever before, is how much, how creepy he is right from the start, how much he seems yeah. like he's never smiling. He always has this really, really devilish look on his face. I mean, knowing how it ends, it, it, it seems so obvious that he is the killer or one of the killers. Yeah. And like, even like Randy's just like, he's obviously the killer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, Randy's very right. <laughs> yeah. He's he, again, he's such a creep and so menacing and, and so on and so on. But of course, the movie's playing with that too, because he keeps saying, yeah. because he is a suspect so early. So that makes you think, of course, he cannot be the killer if they suspect him, if the police arrest him, because that normally would set you free, just like, for example, in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's not how it turns out. Yeah. Any other sexual moments that you want to talk about? I mean... Or sex-related like moments? Yeah, it's like we could get into her whole fear of sex now, mm -hmm. but it's also still kind of tied to violence. I don't know. Maybe we... What do you think? I think that fits here, because okay. it, as you said already, it's really part of her character. I mean, I guess for context, for people who either haven't seen it, again, go watch Scream. Um, or have forgotten or, it, maybe. Yeah, or forgotten. You're sort of, you're introduced to her in a scene that basically establishes that sort of stereotypical final girl prude type thing. I mean, it mm -hmm. kind of undoes it a little in the sense that, like, she, like, does make out with Billy and she does flash him. But it's also, he's showing up, pressuring her not respecting her wishes mm -hmm. and then calling her a tease and leaves. Um, but you also then find out that her mother was murdered a year before and they don't know if she was raped and murdered or just murdered or, and Sydney has identified someone and it's, she has a feud with a reporter, Gail mm -hmm. Weathers, mm -hmm. based on the fact that this reporter thinks that this man is innocent and was just having an affair and that someone else killed her mother, mm -hmm. whereas Sydney thinks that this person raped and killed her mother. And it's kind of implied maybe she doesn't think that, but she wants that to be true because the mm -hmm. reverse, based on everyone else's reactions in the movie, is somehow worse. Like her mother having an affair and being like, as everyone says, just like, oh, maybe your mother was a slut. Like somehow that makes mm -hmm. it so that like her murder is less terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Sydney's just latching really onto this idea. Well, which the movie then also makes, makes her... it clear yeah. that this is not okay, that we're not supposed to agree with that. Uh, oh, yeah. With that idea, right? Yeah, all the characters that are being like, mm, maybe your mom was a slut is like, mm -hmm. you don't like them. Mm -hmm. but no, not at all. They're kind of everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and... You can tell that Sydney is just sort of afraid of having to think that of her mother and of becoming that herself. Mm -hmm. And she even like talks to, so after like they think Billy might be a suspect and then she runs into him after and instead of being like, wow, how would you think that I'm the killer? His first thing is just like, honestly, you need to get over the rape and murder of your mother. Yeah, this is this scene. Yeah, like this he's like, just like, ha like, why won't you say me? You just need to get over it. And she does. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. My trauma is inconveniencing <laughs> you, which I appreciate that line. But 
he's just such an asshole i hate him so much uh and not even because he's like i hate him from the first scene yeah and i mean just like to go if, back to that yeah. moment that she says he says oh it's it's over a year and she says it's barely a year it's almost the anniversary of her death like she makes wants to show him like you know of course i think yeah. about it even more now and yeah he's like, oh come on like it's almost a year. And she's like yeah it's literally almost a year like tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's and that he's so i mean and of course he's not thoughtless he probably knows that yeah. right since he killed her <laughs> i mean right i mean yeah i mean he then admits like of course he knew that but i feel like even if he did sort of actually die in that like fake death that is again meant yeah. to trick her and us later like even if he did die and he wasn't the killer he still would deserve it <laughs> well <laughs> yeah he's the worst <laughs> Yeah, and I mean everything. It's really it's it's one of the few deaths where you really I, I mean you don't cheer, but it's yeah, it's hard to feel any pity for him in the end. Definitely to Stu in a way, right? Where you where you get a little bit more sense of that he's, I don't know, was drawn into it maybe by by Billy. Yeah. Um but maybe we can get to it when we talk about yeah. the, the, the the finale. But yeah, um, yeah I, I was really struck by that as well. Because he he seems to enjoy it so much. I, I had some thoughts this time, something also about the attacks, but now also about the sex. Once you know what's behind everything that they have planned all of this, like mm -hmm. it seems that they have, they must have had planned to kill Sydney as the last one, right? At least that's what it yeah. seems like in the end. But they do try to attack her twice before. Yeah. And well, I mean, I think that's one of those things where I'm like, Am I supposed to look into this or am I just supposed to be like horror movie logic? We got to scare her a few times. Or is it them? Like, are we supposed to think of them as trying to scare her on purpose? But just this moment when really, I yeah. mean, again, violent moment when when the knife is above her and he's ready to kill her. And then then he is stopped. Like, I, I, I wouldn't know how this scene could have ended any other way. Yeah. On, in the first attack so that seems odd and I'm just thinking about that uh, concerning sex because again because Billy it's so important to Billy to have sex with her but if they try to kill her before he even gets the chance I wonder like what what actually the plan was if if especially because the ending is so important right when when he only reveals himself to her after they had sex so that, that seems all to have been part of the plan and of course you're right maybe maybe I'm overthinking this and maybe as clever as the movie is maybe not everything completely makes sense um yeah it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm okay with that not making yeah, sense. Yeah, completely. But I do, yeah. you know, after watch like seven or eight or something, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and then I think it, it can't be that bad if it takes so long. Again, for me as well. That's, that's again, something that I thought of for the first time yesterday after yeah. <laughs> like 20 years of, of uh, knowing this film. So, yeah. But, but you said you have some critiques about the whole um, backstory. Yes. I think that... So like as like like slashers are usually like there's a lot of like morality based bullshit when it comes mm -hmm. to final girls and like there's a fem like a feminist appeal to them in a certain sense and then also they're usually compared and contrasted to the other girls around them mm -hmm. and sort of like more worthy of living because and a lot of that is tied to virginity mm -hmm. as this sort of like moral standing and the film is even like showing sydney dealing with that already even if it's not like she doesn't know her life is a slasher yet quote unquote mm -hmm. but like 
knowing what happened to her mom and all of this sort of like oh her mom deserved it because she's the slut or like so Sydney like dealing with that mentality and being scared to be a slut which I don't know if having sex with your boyfriend counts as being a slut but (laughs) obviously it makes a lot of sense why she's like dealing with that sort of Mm -hmm. trauma and I so I love like looking at that and saying like no it's okay for women to have sex that doesn't make them sluts who deserve to die mm-hmm. and that she can have sex and defeats him in the end yes but i think when we're talking about how fucking creepy billy is mm-hmm. it makes for like it's not like a huge critique because it just makes that moment a little like like part of it is really powerful because of what i just said of like she can do this if she wants to and that's not bad but then part of me is like well, but but does she want to though because it seems like he's just been pressuring her the whole time and then she's finally like all right I'll let go of my trauma we can have sex in a way that I'm like it's mm. it is implied that it is something she may have previously wanted to do but part of it is also like would she have actually done it right there in that moment if he hadn't been pressuring her the whole time? So I wanted uh, a little more condemnation of him pressuring her. Yes. Um, which I, I, is picky. So that's why it's not a huge criticism, but, but still there I, a little bit. I would argue, and I I, I, I get your point. I would argue maybe mm-hmm. that um, because when she... First of all, she says in that moment, he's not really pressuring her. She says, hey, I'm ready. She really makes it clear. It's her decision. And he even asks, are you sure? Right. He's not like, oh, yeah, let's get into it. He really even asks her. That is true. Yeah. In that moment, it is a little better. I think just building up to it of just him constantly being like, have sex with me, have sex with me, have sex with me. Why don't you have sex with me? Oh, my God, get over it. And then she's like, "Okay, I'm ready to get over it. Feels a little like. I, I know, I know. Yeah. But I, I think... Um, like, I wouldn't that, trade I, it. No, no, no. I, yeah. I, but at, at this point, I think she also, because she has so many doubts about him, but she also wants to feel, like, safe with someone, right? Probably also because of her trauma. And I think it's this moment yeah. where she re- where she decides for herself, okay, I want to trust him. I, I want to have this. And I think this makes it possible for her to, to be ready for the sex as well. And of yeah. course, you're right. In a way, she also has to think, okay, I have to let go of my trauma, which, of course, it's, a, it's impossible at this point. Mm-hmm. And of course, her drama is even reignited after everything that happens afterwards, probably. Uh, yeah. But still, um, I, I think it, it kind of makes sense, even if maybe she's not completely aware of, of why she is doing it. Yeah. Like, I think I just wanted, because even like she, I think like Tatum says some things that are supporting Sydney being like, okay he doesn't like you don't have to have sex with him is basically what like Tatum's kind of implying but Mm -hmm. a lot of the movie is not a lot of the movie it's just that the movie doesn't counter this as much as I want it to yeah I I get that of like her being like no like who would put up with this like who would put up with me not having sex and they're like what like yeah 16 (laughs) yeah Again, I mean, think I think for for nineteen ninety six, it's still so oh, yeah. so much ahead of its time in a way. Oh um, yeah, so much ahead of its time. I wouldn't change anything. I would maybe add like some little detail that shows that he's like a creep already, 
for trying to pressure her, but but I feel the movie does that. I, again, I when I watched it this time, I thought like it's impossible to. I think it's almost impossible to like him, right? Going as far that that I thought, we don't get any idea why she e even is with him, right? I think they just purposely cast like that type of guy who's like the hot, mysterious guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what Skeet Ulrich is pretty much only playing those guys. In <laughs> yes. <rules>. Yes. <laughs> Where um, I feel like that's kind of the appeal is like, he's hot and he has that hot 90s haircut. <laughs> but the thing, of course, is that Sydney doesn't seem like the person who just is into hot guys, right? Yeah, that's true. And and he is like, he's never nice to her. He's never like um, compassionate or tender or anything, right? Most of the time, either he's not talking at all and just staring when they're together mm -hmm. or he's pressuring her into sex or he is a an asshole for for asking her to get over it like there's yeah. not much or he's asking her why why she wouldn't trust him um mm -hmm. and, and that's basically all he does right there's like almost no redeeming qualities about him as a boyfriend in that we see yeah. and we don't know anything else that you really but wonder think, why why she ever put up with him i think part of it is also like that scene where he sneaks in like that first scene that we've mm -hmm. been talking about i feel like as someone who was not alive until 1999, there's a lot of uh, things that we talk about now as being creepy, and they like were always yeah. creepy. People didn't think they were creepy, and I feel like that might be part of it too. Is like the movie's kind of purposely playing with, like, oh my god, the boyfriend's sneaking in—that's so romantic type yeah. vibes. <laughs> Whereas, like, then there's this creepiness that I feel like you're almost. You notice more on every rewatch. Yeah. But like you can kind of like watching it the first time, you're like, oh look. <laughs> yeah. And of course, adding to the the madness of it all, it is also, of course, a callback to a similar scene in Nightmare on M Street, right? Yeah. When Johnny Depp enters the the room uh of, of Nancy. Nancy? Yes. So there is this this kind of callback to the earlier film where yeah. it it is not played as creepy at all, right? Because yeah, the, whereas the, the Johnny Depp character movie, is, is yeah. a really nice person. Like he's actually a good boyfriend. Yeah, and they have is. a similar look, actually, like his yeah. character and this character. I I'm so fascinated even more how much the movie plays with all of this, plays with its mm -hmm. own legacy of its director, and that Craven is willing to do this. Like, I mean, we we yeah. credit the the screenplay and Kevin Williamson so much for all of it, but I mean, Wes Craven is so ready to do this. Yeah, like Western there are many like, moments. Oh, making he... jokes about myself. Okay. Yeah, and of course, and I mean, this has been discussed uh, thoroughly by other people. But of course, his his last nightmare movie goes in a completely similar direction. Just uh, one, in the two years previously, so it's it shouldn't be that surprising. Yeah. Um, that yeah. he's willing to <laughs> to to play with his own uh, tropes and ideas in in a way. I mean, even in like later Scream movies, he's playing with the other Scream. Like Scream 4 plays with Scream 1, which is playing yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, which is... Yeah. And there's just so much woven in there. I think, and I do like all of the sequels, uh, mostly. I think why I like this one the most still is because it's it seems more pure and because it's playing much more with all of the genre. Um, and not yeah. so much with itself as the, the and later it, and movies it do. And it rewrote things more than any of the others 
could because of how much this sort of like rewrote yeah. slasher tropes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, but um, any any other sex um, moments? I have mm -hmm. I have one thing that I wanted to get into, uh, not maybe not get into, but uh, that I wanted to to mention or two moments. Uh, we haven't discussed the opening scene, and we will discuss the opening scene when we get to violence, of course. Yeah, uh, it's the most famous scene. But one thing I did notice this time, and um, is that this it opens with this call uh, by the killer. It is interesting that when they talk, again, she seems so not suspicious that a stranger calls her. And it feels flirty at first, right? She's willing to flirt yeah. with the stranger right away. Like, like she does hang up a few times, like, yeah, whatever. But more like rolling her eyes, like, okay, this yeah. weirdo. And like she says, like, there's 800 numbers if you want to talk. And yeah, and then she's just like, oh, I'm watching a movie. In a yeah. way where I'm like, I, if someone called and then they called back again, I would be like, I'm blocking myself in the bathroom where there's no windows and... <laughs> yes. yeah in a way i feel even more with with landlines that we had back then because yeah. i don't know because that's the only entrance you have into someone's home in a way right because not everyone yeah. has a phone we could just switch it off like if the phone rings and you don't know who it is right unless you pick yeah. it up uh, which makes it even creepier so they are flirty which is interesting and in a way it makes her interesting too because she's so so open and not not scary. She's she doesn't really fall into into this. I I think actually because she's not she's not scared right away. She's like, oh yeah, of course, come on, let's talk. She's so casual. Yeah. But when it switches, the first thing that he says is he calls her a bitch. Yeah. So I I found that so interesting again that the the language that is used, the violent language that is used, becomes is also kind of sexual right from the start. Yeah. I mean it. When you like looking back, it makes so much sense that the uh, two killers are the two who had been the most misogynist assholes the mm -hmm. whole time. So it's just like, oh, yeah, of course, the ones that are just calling everyone like a bitch and like, kind of saying all of these gross things yeah. to women on the phone are the ones who are also being kind of gross in real life. Like mm -hmm. Matthew Lillard's character, Stu, is truly... He's so fun to watch because Matthew Lillard yeah. is just so fun. But like, if I knew him in real life, I would hate that man so much. He's, he's, he's fun to watch, but he's also unbearable at the same time. I yeah. Think. Like you sort of, like there's that question of like, why is Sydney into Billy? But then there's also like, why is Tatum into Stu? Because yeah. he's kind of the worst. But I, I do get that more because they both seem... I don't know what the right word is, like a bit into being wild, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think that there are more similarities there. Of course, you yeah, could that argue that Billy and Sydney are also more quiet persons and more brooding. So there are yeah. similarities, but I still think they're on a different wavelength. And I think Stu and, and Tatum, in a way, at least the wavelength cross from time to time. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but he's always like just making gross sex jokes and like or comments and he like picks her up and just like yeah but of course another moment that i wanted to mention and and then maybe we're done with the with the sex part oh, oh actually and i remember something else is that when he says um the killer must have been a man and she says oh that's sexist where i thought oh wow to even hear that in 1996 that someone is called sexist just for saying something like that and then she says you know do you remember basic instinct yeah 
That was funny. I was just like, oh, basic instinct, David, nice point of contention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love that moment again. And again, you have to remember basic instinct was just like four years earlier. Yeah. It was almost a recent movie, right, to be called out here. But it seemed like when, when you hear it there, it seems almost like legendary already. Yeah. It's like oh, basic instinct, whereas to them it was like the topical, like. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that moment again, but I just love that she yeah. that she calls him sexist for such a little comment, right? Because again, back at this time, yeah, like people yeah. could say stuff like that all the time, and no one would have thought of of calling that sexist. Yeah. But then it's also kind of interesting because when you look at like the actual like motives and stuff behind all of the kills, it is purely sexist. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is right, <laughs> which mm -hmm. cannot be a coincidence. Again, I I think. Mm -hmm. As much as I love Graven's direction, I think Williamson's script is so, so, so clever. And like I think everything, apart from the the maybe the the few things we mentioned before, I think everything fits together so well, all mm -hmm. of the parts. Yeah, it's just he's such a good screenwriter. <laughs> well, most of the time, maybe. It's I mean Well, everyone has their flops, but I think I've only seen like the scream stuff from him. So, and I I do know that people criticize him for how he makes the young people talk, which I don't really have that much of a problem with. I think this is also something that was more in the imitators when they made all of the youth talk so cleverly. But I think here, it does. It's not as excessive as some people claim it to be. Yeah. Like the comment you mentioned with the trauma uh, that Sydney mentions is often used as an example of oh, no one talks this way at at this age. But I. I believe it actually. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I think, I think I'm with you where it's sort of like the imitations of Scream are part of what can make Scream seem almost like retroactively annoying, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because most of it is, it felt much more real than like later things where it's like, okay, we have to try to be topical and use kid lingo and use it, where it's mm -hmm. like the things that they reference made sense for them to reference mm -hmm. as teens and also was one of the first movies that really did want to reference yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you are probably aware of the reading of Stu and billy as uh like having homoerotic tensions i've heard it before i disagree <laughs> i don't pick up on it <laughs> I, I, I like the idea a lot it's yeah. of course not explicit but but I think what what I think is I, I don't know again it, this is really it's it's far fetched because the movie does not um, talk about that at all. But mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if you want to have that reading that at least from Stu's side because he again as I said before seems really more fascinated by Billy than the other way around, and because Stu even if he makes so many sexist jokes he doesn't seem to be as sexual as Billy is. Yeah. You don't really feel a sexual attraction between him and Tatum? Yeah, I think I think there's also that sort of like, especially at the end, the two of them, like the actors, uh, Ski Ulrich and mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Lillard, are clearly having so much fun in the end reveal <laughs> mm -hmm. that they're the killers. That like... And I think Matthew Lillard just kind of always has a little bit of an element of like camp to yeah, his performances. For sure. For sure. But I feel like that's part of it where it becomes sort of like 
campy in that moment, which is not at all an insult because it's just like it's clearly so fun to watch all of this and they're just like yeah. stabbing each other and going crazy and which, which like, of course reinforces the homoerotic idea, right? That they stab each yeah. other again and again and again and and seem almost to enjoy it in a way. Yeah, but I feel like to me it's just sort of that like camp layer because I I just think of these characters purely, especially Billy as just being such misogynist assholes. Mm -hmm. And obviously you can be a gay man or a mm -hmm. bi man and be misogynist. Of course, but, of course. <laughs> I don't know. I think to me, it's more like they like violence and yeah. that's where less of each other and more just the violence. <laughs> and unless Billy is bisexual, he's too much into sex with women to, to make this yeah. reading, I think, really believable, especially because he's so, like, again, he's pressuring Sydney so much. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I, I think it's impossible to say, oh, yeah, it's all there. You can see like all the, the pieces uh, that fit together. I mean, you can you can try it, but I think the movie doesn't really offer that. Yeah, I think it, okay. the movie yeah. does like play something there, <laughs> but I don't think it's on purpose in any way. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked about Randy, but I just remembered that Randy at one point, because he discusses the motive for the killer, and at one point he says, uh, I think he says, like, maybe the killer doesn't have sex, and that's why he starts killing, or something yeah. like that. So even he brings up the sex. Yeah, I actually do, because I was talking a lot about, like, Sydney's sexuality, and how she's the final girl that actually has sex. There is also Billy's sexuality, because we were just talking about, like, he's pressuring her so much. Mm-hmm is such like a sexual person where most killers aren't. I think it's also because Scream is sort of taking the like whodunit route, mm -hmm. which is different than a lot of early slashers, unless you're counting like Jallos. Yeah, um, some of them do, but most of them don't, yeah. Yeah, where it's like just this faceless killer person, like a Michael Myers, mm -hmm. or like where like there's just a lot of like sexual repression is a common yeah. theme where it's sort of like oh and then like the killer is repressed and that's why he's killing and he's especially killing all of these women super sexually because it's like well i can't have sex with them so i'm gonna kill them mm -hmm. or like the texas chainsaw massacre to quote of like it's either sex or the saw boy or whatever <laughs> is like the good example of like how that logic often operates mm -hmm. and then like the final girl is like oh she takes out the repression by like stabbing as well and that's of how course, yeah. she wins whereas in this movie just none of that yeah <laughs> like, yeah like she is potentially like a sexually repressed character quote unquote but because of very understandable trauma in a way that is super sympathetic to her and then she gets over that repression before she's able to kill them mm -hmm. and although, he is not killing out of repression no although of course and again that brings us into the sexual part when she does fight back she doesn't just stab and penetrate billy but she does it with this long umbrella which makes it even more absurd right i i, I yeah. have completely forgotten about that that she doesn't even use a knife at first and she's, um, like, dressed as Scream at that point. Yeah, that too, right, yeah. Again, um, something I'd completely forgotten. Um, yeah, that moment I'm always like, huh? But I do think that, like, the ultimate way she kills him is by shooting him in the head. Yeah, and doing which, it quickly and without big drama yeah. and anything, right? Which is which is even yeah. better and, in I a mean, way. 
I think especially talking with slashers, it's hard to be like, this part goes in the sex part, and this part goes in yeah, the violence yeah. part. But for a movie called Scream, it's interesting that Sydney never screams. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's really, really true. Which, of course, maybe part of it is that, uh, as you maybe know, that it was retitled Screen after it was done. Oh, was it? Okay. It, it was. It was called Scary Movie throughout the shoot. Uh, oh, is that why is it the Scary Movie called itself yes. Scary Movie? Yes, exactly. I've never seen this. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> which I've also seen in cinema, and this was one of the worst cinema experiences of my life. And no, I'm not a fan of any of the Scary Movie <laughs> movies. And I think they're ruined so much. Anyway, uh, no, um, actually, um, it was um, Bob Weinstein, who who is the most uh, influential part of all of this, in, unfortunately. At least it's not Harvey, but still. Yeah, uh, still and, one of those fuckers. <laughs> yeah, and he had like his fingers on everything that happened to this film uh, as much as he could. And he said, hey, let's call it Scream. And both Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson were not happy with the change. But they later said it was a good idea to call it Scream. I think it's kind of a fun title for this particular movie because yeah. of how much it's playing with all these tropes. So it sort of seems to be referencing itself and the fact that it's called Scream, but the final girl isn't doing the signature yeah. screams. Of course, calling it Scary Movie would have been maybe even it's more all, obvious, yeah. right? Because yeah. it calls itself out even more. But I find it so hard to say if the title is better because when I like when you think of scary movie, you cannot think of of anything but a scary movie. So um, of yeah. course we think it's it's scream is a better title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's talk about violence. Finally, yes. um, not finally. Well, because we oh, we talked so much about sex already, but let's see, let's see. Okay, what would you say is the most violent scene of this film? I think the opening is potentially the most violent. Yes. I think that's almost hard to disagree yeah. with that. Um, yeah, I think there's other moments that are drawn out, but that opening scene is the most. And I think in many ways. Um, yeah. And something, something I, maybe maybe because I, I, I'm so happy we do a horror film and we do a slasher film, maybe we can do something and go through the kills <laughs> when we yeah. talk about I violence. I was actually writing down how all the kills were working. Me too, me my too. My little cheat scene, yeah. And I'm like, oh, first um, victim, second victim, third, and then I was like, yeah. oh, how, why? Okay, yeah, but because uh, the the opening scene is really, really scary, right? And I think yeah. it's maybe the scariest part of the film because the rest of the it's... film is more comedic. I also have a question as someone who saw it in theaters in 1996. Yes. Didn't she have like top billing through Barrymore? Yeah, and I mean, her face is on the poster. Yeah. And through like, Barrymore, of... of course, was famous, right? Yeah. So when you were watching this, you were probably like, she's going to live. She's the main character. I think I was surprised. I'm not sure if I had read about it already. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because again, because, because it yeah. came, but I don't really remember that. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I can't say for sure. I think, yeah. I think I remember seeing something somewhere of people talking about like truly how shocking the moment was where she actually does die. Because they're like, wait. I thought she yeah, was the yeah. Drew Barry. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because she's, yeah. And of course, which again, you could use as a reference to Psycho if you wanted to, right? It's 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 everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the scene is, is violent, again, even in the way it is scary, but also in how explicit the violence is. Mm -hmm. Because it never becomes this explicit 
for the rest of the film. Yeah, I think um, because like you see Steve die first, but you don't actually see which I mean could be the stuff that they had to cut out, which I'll think is interesting. You see his face while he's getting stabbed, and then you cut out to a wider shot where all、mm-hmm. his guts are everywhere. But then for Casey, you watch like the entire thing, and then you hear some more of it, and then you see like the wide shot of her like、mm-hmm. guts everywhere. It's like you're watching her get stabbed, you're watching her get choked, and、mm-hmm. then you're watching her like try to call out to her parents, and then you're cutting to the parents who are then hearing her on the phone dying. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was an interesting. I don't know if this actually was supposed to be a reference to Halloween. Yeah, but I、way. thought that again because it、yeah. is, it, especially for doing it in the opening scene and like again having the parents there、but、and being a surprising actually, kill as well, right? Because when yeah, you watch、I、Halloween kind of for the first liked, time, yeah, I kind of liked that the parents were immediately like, there wasn't like, ugh, it's a sex call, but <laughs>、yeah. it was just like this is very concerning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I just this opening scene is so sad to me. Yeah, it is. I think it because、is. of the inclusion of the parents, it adds like, like when they're all at the party later. There's like no adults around, except I guess her dad tied up.、Uh, but yeah, I mean, her dad、so、is like, weird. I think yeah, because he he pops up and you think he will be a character, and then he's just gone for the rest of the film, and then he just pops up again in the end. Yeah, like Rand, like Randy's like he's gonna just pop up in the last scene, and <laughs>、yeah. then he just pops up in the last yeah. scene. Yeah, so that makes it、yeah. fun again. But you're right; adults are more or less absent throughout the、yeah. film. Again, it's just like of, a nightmare on、yeah. Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of that like removal of adults that just makes it easier to believe all of this kill stuff and just have more fun being like, "Ooh, who's going to be killed next and how?"、Mm-hmm. Which, but then when you add in like her like voice is gone and she's trying to reach out to her parents and、yeah. her parents are hearing this and they're like, "Where is she, my daughter?"、Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh no!" And she stabbed <laughs> again、so、and again. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is really. It starts this scene. I'm not the first one to call it, but the scene is so amazing and so unique in what it does in 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 like a couple of minutes. Like how scary it is, how funny it is, how clever it is, how much、yeah. it references, and then how sad it is too. That you really feel like you have met this character just basically a moment ago, but you feel really sad that she dies. Yeah, you're like this is devastating for this character I met two minutes ago. <laughs> And again, especially comparing it to so many of the early slashers, where you don't care about the characters at all. Yeah, that's even where... after the whole movie, right? Where it's all the characters that you don't care if they are killed, and here you care so、yeah. much. There's that thing of, like I was talking about, like you know, the final girl compared to the other girls, and usually it's like they're saying, and then they're just like killed. Usually the women have much more drawn out deaths, which I do think is still kind of true in this movie,、mm-hmm. um, which. I think my one criticism, which we'll get to later, would be Tatum's death. But I, mean, I, I guess not my one most... criticism. I have one point five criticisms, I guess, because of what <laughs> I said earlier.、Um, but like, I feel like at least with Casey, it doesn't feel like you're rooting for her to die. Whereas a lot of, I mean, you, I feel like even with Tatum, you kind of are.、Um, but like, especially lots of other like. Slasher female characters, or I mean, most slasher characters that aren't the final girl, you're rooting to die.、Um, 
especially like they're usually being sexual and they die and you're like ha yeah. take that preferably you should have your boobies out too it's stacked uh <laughs> but i feel like with casey you just want her to get away so bad yeah that it doesn't feel like you're like reveling even though you are watching her death much more drawn out which yeah, it's kind of like it has a lot of, like what, what's the movie terrifier where we were complaining about that the other day where a lot of oh. the deaths in that are just so specifically like misogynist deaths where you're reveling in violence against women yeah whereas i feel yeah. like in this one it's like it is drawn out and she kind of does basically exist in the narrative to die but it makes you sad and you don't want her to which and is interesting if we talk about the whole opening scene you're right her death is drawn out but reveling only happens with Steve because we do see his guts falling out for a much, much longer time and more explicitly, even if we don't see how he is killed, which is odd. And I didn't yeah. see that they actually cut this out, but it feels so cut yeah, somehow. But then, especially it's so weird that, that, that we don't see it, but then we see just the aftermath, which is the goriest part of the film, right? Yeah. The first, the first violence we see is the most violent we see, and it never gets mm -hmm. this violent again which I find super yeah. interesting. Also because most slashers, most slashers start with a, a very violent kill. And it's it's used as kind of a tease that the movie promises, don't worry, we will have more of this later. And Scream yeah. does not have more of this later. Yeah, comparing like Nightmare on Elm Street, that first death is probably the best first death in any, in terms of like just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I'm just throwing around blood going everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like yes. an unrealistic amount of But then later in that movie, I guess spoilers, everyone. Um, <laughs> for Nightmare on Elm Street. When like Johnny Depp's character dies, I do not remember his character's name. It's like that same amount of blood just like <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, so it's like you do kind of match that. In Scream... It's more just like the who done it aspect and the fun of the reveal mm -hmm. is what gets amped up. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah, it is. For it like is. a slasher. Yeah. I'll talk about the cuts when we're when we're done with the violence part, I think. Um Yeah. Um I'm very interested to see what they cut. It's, out. it's weird. It's just weird. Um, yeah. One thing I do want to mention about the violence is something that uh, makes Scream stand out, even from its imitators, is that right from the start, when we see the killer with the mask and so on, that he's so clumsy right from the start. That's, I kind of, uh, my friend hates watching slashers because she gets sad mm -hmm. that the characters are dying. Um, even though I'm like, well, the point is that you want them to die in a lot of them. She's like, but I don't want them to die. They're good <laughs> yeah. people they're innocent and I'm like okay <laughs> but um she was watching I think it was like Trixie Mattel watching Scream or something um mm -hmm. and they have like the first fight scene of like calling it a fight scene might be strange but it kind of is of mm -hmm. uh Sydney the first time mm -hmm. um like the kid and like you're talking about like he has the knife in a way yeah. that kind of breaks the logic later but like about it she just like kicks him and it's it doesn't it feels so realistic as to how yeah. she would actually get away and also feels realistic as to this person's abilities 
Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of slasher killers, like, you know, the boogeyman uh, is kind of like Michael Myers. Like you, they get shot 10 times and they stand up. And yeah. Like, how do you keep like where it takes that like supernatural-esque element out and it makes it like pretty realistic, but yeah. still scary. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Because I think because the the every time the killer attacks, there are like really fight scenes because they have to fight with the killer. And it's so intense, especially because you see that they can hurt him. Like it's possible they could win. Right. Yeah. And as you say, in most slashers, you don't get that feeling. I w- I'm just rewatching all the Friday 13th movies. Um, mm, I've only again, seen the first one. <laughs> which is not, which is, I would argue, one of the, the, the worst That's <laughs> of the series. That's what I believe. I thought that was really bad. I'm like, wow, I really hope the others are better than this. No, two, two is a pretty good slasher. And, and six is the meta one. Even earlier meta horror, which also... Uh, and then Kevin Williamson says that this really inspired him watching Friday the 13th part six. Um, that's interesting. That's really interesting. But what I realized, uh, especially as the series goes on, and I think it's part seven. <laughs> yeah, that's the last one I watched. We have scenes where people run away from Jason. Like you see them running through the forest and then they cut back to him and you see him walking slowly. And then you see them running yeah. and he still catches up with them every time. And like, yep. in, and it, this time it annoyed me so much that they, that they, they sell this to us and we, that we are so stupid to, to be scared by that. Right. Because it makes mm-hmm. no sense. Not even, and it's not even played as supernatural. He's just, he's just getting them no matter what, what they do. Yeah. I think Halloween's a good example of like, where, where it does make sense where Lori yeah. is basically just running the whole time. And just occasionally doing something to slow him down for a second so that yeah. she can keep running to hide somewhere else to then slow him down for a second to keep where it like it makes sense, but she's not really like fighting him. It's more like stab with a knitted needle and run. Yeah. And then stab yeah. with a hanger and run. Yeah. Whereas in these it's very much like like Sydney's also pretty clever. I love like in the scene we talked about where like Billy comes and the dad tries to come into the room, but her closet doors open. So yes, it like budges yes. there. And then she like uses that later. Yeah. Where she like cut and then good. So then you exactly. just see, and it makes the killer like, it almost makes them pathetic, but it also doesn't because you're still scared the whole time of like them being like caught by the door. And <laughs> but they and just when... like are so human in this. Yeah, movie. exactly. I remember very very well when i saw that movie in cinemas that this early moment when when i don't know exactly what happens casey also kicks him or something like we see the clumsiness even in the first scene i was so surprised by that because it was so unusual to see that and it's also because it in a way even adds to the intensity because you want to laugh but then it's still scary yeah i think it also it gives all the characters like more agency that usually only like the final girl gets and then it gives the final girl even more Um, yeah (laughs) it's like even casey's like fighting and she really almost makes it yeah and like you know like yeah and she's like hiding and she almost makes it here and like you know like she's seems to be more proactive yeah yeah or even like tatum later it's like she has like ideas of how to escape more than mm-hmm. other death scenes yeah slashers yeah for sure for sure oh, it's so fascinating this opening scene is like just for the ages yeah. 
And when we see Casey hanging on the tree, I don't know. I always hear people describe that you see her intestines falling out, but actually in the movie, you don't really see it that much because it's kind of distorted and the camera is moving in a strange way. Yeah, it's so far away, and then the camera goes. Yeah, in, exactly. Like, the most yeah. 90s people shot. can see what you just did, but yeah, that's exactly what the camera does. I think um, maybe the sound effect helped. The whoosh, whoosh. Yeah, y'all know. <laughs> um, and if you've seen it, you you know it anyway. Um, something I hadn't realized, I, I really, again, I thought about it this time when I saw it, and then I read that it's true, that when we see her hanging in a tree, that it, all of it is a complete, like, like puppet that they build out of, of True Barrymore. Like, none of it is real. Oh, yeah. And it's really effective. It really looks real. Yeah. Um, That's, like, a pretty good puppet. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, Especially for 96. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much you know about, like, makeup effects and stuff like that, uh, but this is, like, the, the, the time when when uh, the uh, K&B effects, uh, which is one of the most famous uh, effects uh, company, uh, became really, really a big deal in, in the middle of the 90s, and I did the effects yeah. for this one as well. Anyway, but this is this is uh, almost too nerdy. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> we have two, two kills, really quick, famous kills, mm -hmm. and again, as I said, Sydney also becomes the third victim, but then she doesn't. Um, yeah she's able to fight back and then she's attacked again at school almost in the in the mm -hmm. toilet that's what i mean like they really seem to try to kill her so much that it seems odd that then it seems like the the plan all along to kill her as the last one yeah it, yeah it, that's one of those things where i'm like wait do we what but i again didn't notice that until so many later watches of course, you could justify it by saying maybe Billy had the plan to have sex with her and then kill her. And maybe it's Stu who wants to kill her earlier because he doesn't care, right? That could be yeah. possible. And it's also, they do imply later that Stu doesn't even really know the motive. Yeah, He's just yeah. like, killing's fun. And then Billy kind of, like, because when Billy's like, how about your slim mother is having an affair with my dad? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Notice how apparently his dad is a slut, but yeah, of uh, course. And then you sort of like cut to Stu being like, "Wait, really?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which makes it so much more interesting. All of it, like the whole ending and yeah. so on and so on. But I think again, if you wanted to explain it away, I think you could do it this way because we don't see, we don't know how they organize each other, yeah. how they plan it, everything, right? Uh, so it's possible. I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. Although, of course, yeah. when Sydney is attacked the first time, then Billy enters her room again. So. Even if it was Stu, then Billy must have known. So maybe. Well, I think that first attack, even though that shot where it's like the knife thing, and it seems like, are you just waiting for her to kick you? Is that what you want right now? It does seem purposely designed for him to drop his phone so that she suspects him mm -hmm. and then he can prove it's not him, is how at least I thought of the first one. But maybe, then you add maybe, yeah. in like the attack at school and like it's sort of like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then we get to the actual third victim which is uh principal primby yes which i think is interesting because it's just purely played for comedy mm -hmm. <laughs> and i feel like in any other movie it just wouldn't happen <laughs> yeah no it wouldn't it is it's the standout death because it's the only adult that dies um yeah. What actually happened is that uh, Bob Weinstein told Kevin Williamson that they need one more kill. And then he wrote that scene. That makes a lot of movies. sense. But what it also says is that 
he thought it was a good idea because that helped find a solution why everyone is leaving the party in the end. That's what I noticed. I, I feel like I only picked it up this time where I was like, oh, it it's there specifically to get yeah. them all to leave. <laughs> yeah. What I also for the first time thought when I watched the party scene is like when when Randy's explaining the rules and I thought, who are all these people? <laughs> like we don't know yeah. any of them. And they sit there and he tells these are the people who he tells it to, and then they're just gone and they just leave. And which is also a yeah. funny moment when they just all run away to see, like to see the death that principle, right? Yeah. Um anyway, the principal death scene. Yeah, it is interesting. You're right. It is played for laughs, but also, but then again, I think um, I, I shared this shot today on Instagram where you see the principal's eye and the mask yeah. is reflected in his eye. This is not comedic. This is quite scary and 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 yeah. interesting, right? It, it's um, like that's like the only part of that scene that it's like. Then once he's dead, then it's like yeah. serious again. Yeah. But like they got like purposely a comedic actor to like come in and be goofy. <laughs> yeah. So three things about that scene. Uh, first, I think I noticed again that this scene is, it's not very violent. I mean, he's stabbed, but you don't see a lot of blood. Yeah. It's not that gory compared to this death we've seen before, uh, which yeah. I find interesting. Um, second, uh, that something I read again is that Henry Winkler didn't want to be credited because he said he don't want to ta uh, take away the attention from the young actors. Because, what of course, a, he was quite famous, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I love that so much. Because yeah. It's true. It almost feels like a, a cameo, right? His whole appearance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just feels like a Henry Winkler cameo. But I, I kind of like that he's like, no, no, give Sid, give Sid her chance. Yes. But the, my favorite moment is when he, when he sees the janitor and he's just dressed like Freddy Krueger yeah. and he calls him Fred. And yep. When I saw this in cinemas, I laughed out loud and I was the only one, like, because no one else got it. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah, because it was, I don't know. I mean, pro I don't I know like... how famous, I don't know, but I loved it so much, but it's so over the top. It's so much more than all of the meta-ness. It's really like, you you know, you see what we're doing, of course. It's almost scary movie comedy, mm -hmm. right? But I think it, like, if it was in any other scene in this movie, it would be so bad but because it's in this sort of comedic cameo moment yeah <laughs> it I, kind I of love works this moment so much yeah it's, it's so and, absurd and interesting yeah. and again of course with Raven and all yeah I think it's also like you're saying like some people it's more like the imitations of Scream that are annoying that then could make Scream retroactively annoying uh -oh. yeah they could look at this one and be like oh, that's too meta and it's yeah. like, yeah, but it like it almost knows that it's being too meta by putting it in like the most ridiculous moment of the yes. movie. <laughs> and then again, um, even calling him a Fred, like as if you didn't yeah. get it in the, in the first place. It's 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 so yeah, it's great. And again, yeah. that was Craven includes this. I mean, of course, there's also uh, earlier um, um, Casey says, is it Casey or the killer? I'm not sure where she says her favorite movie is Nightmare on M Street. And that's mm -hmm. the only good one because all the sequels suck. Right? I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I love all of this. Yeah. Also, uh, is it Randy that mentioned something about watching a uh, Wes Carpenter movie or something? I, I think, think maybe, I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, was the like, whole video store scene. Yeah. I love this scene so much. And when when the movie is, when, when, it, when it's talked about the movie and how it explains the rules and everything, it's always the party scene uh, when he gets up and says, oh, you don't know the rules. And he explains the rules. But yeah. to me, the video store scene is more interesting. 
Yeah. Because he does the same thing. He explains and explains and explains and he gets so agitated about everything and no one understands him because no one feels how he feels about movies and rules and everything. And then when he starts I mean, shouting and everyone is looking at him, right? It's I, I love this moment He's so clearly like... He's such a like audience self insert in a way that's just very fun. <laughs> um, I think what I noticed this time that I didn't before that made me laugh, and then I had to rewind it to show my boyfriend, be like, "Wait, no, look, look behind him." When he just suddenly, like, loudly is just like, "There's always a stupid reason to kill your girlfriend." <laughs> when he's talking about movies, and there's a girl behind him just looking, and she just goes. <laughs> yeah and just walks away <laughs> yeah it's I, I i noticed that as well this time this scene i like the i like this scene so much and it, I, it's kind of underappreciated i think because also because it's Stu and billy like pressuring him and clearly showing us oh they they are the killer like the killers but like because the way they they're talking about scene. it we're like well it can't be them because they're talking about it right now <laughs> yeah and then when he's like squeezed in between them right it's it's, it's uh, this this is a, a great scene that again is and then of... again it's like when he's like there's always some bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend and then you know fast forward to billy having a bullshit reason to kill yes. his girlfriend and Absolutely. also Stu killing his girlfriend i mean it's kind of i've never watched one of those videos where it's sort of like but i know they exist of is it Stu or billy in this scene that is yeah yeah that's what i'm it's like the only one yeah it's like the only one where i'm like i know for a fact it's like that first one where billy enters through the window is like well that's probably Stu was the other one we assume because how would billy get in there that fast like i it's sort of like Stu specifically asked tatum to go get him something and then that's (laughs) when she dies where it's kind of like so are you also killing your girlfriend? Yeah, that's true. It's like either way, he's allowing her to die, quote unquote. Yeah. But, but him just yeah. being like, why would you kill your girlfriend knowing he's going to later? Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Tatum's death. Yes. Which so is the, the fourth one criticism. Death. And um, I did just buy Rose McGowan's book, but I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... This is the one moment in Scream where I feel like it messes up on the thing that it's trying to undo a lot with Sydney's character. So we have to explain what we're talking about. And I yes. think I know what you're talking about. Where like, the I mean, final girl is like contrasted to the sexual friends of hers that therefore deserve to die because they're sexual and their deaths are often mm-hmm. sexual. And it's like if you put Sydney next to Tatum, it's like Sydney very much fits like the typical yeah. final girl stuff, especially at the beginning. And then they undo a little bit of it later. Yeah. But like she's more the like quote unquote like tomboy where she's just wearing like jeans and like baggy sweaters. Mm-hmm. And she's her name's like Sid, which is like, you know, a more androgynous mm-hmm. name, which tends to yeah, be given yeah. to final girls. And then Tatum, especially just next to Sydney, her like blonde hair. It's mm-hmm. like super blonde. And then she has like skirts and tight sweaters, or like she's wearing like that tight, like football y top mm-hmm. sport thing. I'm bad at describing sports clothes. So it's <laughs> like, oh, that is like showing off midriff and like just especially next to Sydney. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, Tatum's like the hot slutty one. And like mm-hmm. she does like imply that like 
her and um, Stu maybe like doing more things than Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Sid and Billy. And then when it comes to her death, she's of course wearing a tight sweater. And like, mm-hmm. this is something I noticed now because I'm cynical. Um, I'm like, oh, you had to really emphasize her nipples in that sweater, didn't you? I, th- uh, I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Because it's, there's no reason to do it. And it's so obvious. And it's so, yeah. again, it seems out of place. And I really don't know why it's there. Yeah. Especially like, there's just no reason, like, because she can be more of like the fun, flirty friend without having the sexual death. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like she walks in, and I'm just like, okay. Like, it reminds me of in the trailers for Babylon because I haven't seen it yet. Um, where like hmm. they were talking about like Margot Robbie, like trying to put like ice cubes on her nipples, <laughs> like stand it out back in the day. And it's like, and they were also doing that in 1996 to, uh, Tatum I guess um and then when she tries to escape it's sort of like it almost feels like an Elvira level joke except in so much more poor taste of like and then her boobs get stuck yeah (laughs) like and then it's just like then the shot of like her boobs hanging out and I'm just like okay guys it's strange it's really strange and I think on top of that she she's really good at defending herself I think yeah and then she has the most stupid idea anyone could have by trying to get through this door. Yeah. Which, again, doesn't fit her character because she never feels stupid, right? And it's such yeah. a stupid idea. It seems so unlikely that this would work. Yeah, it's like she then, tries then to it... fight back a bit and then it's just like, guess I'm going to go through. And it feels like they wrote it specifically to be like, how do we emphasize her boobies? <laughs> Yeah, which which can which be just true, doesn't but then again, fit with the movie. No, and I, I her death is so silly, and of course it it also like it's it's out of place because she's the only one who's not stabbed, and she dies in almost accidentally, right? Because yeah. it's not even the plan to kill her this way. Even when she's stuck there, that it's just like it happens, and you see the killer like being surprised. Yeah, it's also kind of. Uh... I just kind of roll my eyes every time too, or I'm just sort of like the garage. Like I know that this isn't the point, but the garage wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like um, her head just gets squashed, and it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, there is uh, one thing that did cut out. I don't know for the MPA or not. Is that you did see her hat basically being crushed a little bit in the in the uh, original uh, version. Uh, which yeah. was cut out, which you, again, oh, okay. because you don't really see how she I, dies. In, the, uh, in my little old DVD that I have, it is there where you see her head get squished. Oh, really? I did yeah. read that there are versions, some versions where everything is inserted. So, um, which I haven't. Oh, maybe seen. I'm the one that watched. Maybe you're okay. lucky. Yeah, yeah. Maybe me being like, why did they cut all this stuff? And I'm watching the version where they didn't. <laughs> I tried but... to find the scenes now uh, just before we started recording, but I didn't find anything. So, which surprised yeah. me that this is not more available because everything is available normally. Yeah, especially like Scream. Yeah, and, and like deleted scenes, you know. And I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think her, her death is odd, and the her nipple death thing is my is... only like reason that this isn't my absolute favorite slasher, which is a controversial opinion, but. <laughs> But it's it's just that like if they just changed how Tatum died, mm-hmm. I think that would 
be like, okay, perfect movie. <laughs> I I do agree. I do agree. What doesn't help, of course, that is Rose McGowan. And then Weinstein is somehow printed on this movie, even if it's not Harvey. But I can't, when I see that moment, I cannot not think of all of this. Yeah, I don't know. Does she talk about this in her book at all? Because you I read don't know. it, right? I, okay. I, I just read the parts about uh, Planet Terror and Rodriguez because I was interested in, in what she had to say yeah. about that when I was uh, researching Death Proof and everything. So I don't know if she writes about okay. that. I didn't read the whole book. Okay, um, I, I, yeah, I just got it. But I haven't read it yet. Yeah. It's, but it's interesting how often she dies in movies in sexual ways. Um, yeah. And even in movies where that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So now it gets complicated because the next death is Billy, but he's not really dying. Mm -hmm. and I mean, uh, right I, after the sex. Yeah. That's one of those moments where I think, like, you're sort of like, oh, you don't even, like, see him die. Like, he's turned and you just see, like, this yeah. action, but, like, not on When you him know it, it seems so obvious. Yeah, and then you're like, why Why am I not seeing it? And it's like, because it's cornstarch. Okay. Or corn syrup, <laughs> not cornstarch. That's a different texture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what's so interesting about that moment is that right before he is supposedly killed, like, Sydney gets an idea that he might be the killer, right? She's like, she asks him, like, who did you call? And she she finally figures yeah. it out after the sex. And then he he's killed. Which, again. Yeah. This That's actually kind of, uh, I mean, it's kind of silly to be like, she gets that post-nut clarity, uh, but I don't like that joke, but like how like sex is usually a death sentence, but for her, yeah. it's like right after she has sex, she then figures something out. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And Billy seems to be into it, right? He's like, oh, yeah. huh, you got me. And again, I don't want to harp on about it too much, but this clearly was the plan, right? That she yeah. should think that he's killed. I don't know why. Like, yeah. point to it, right? It's just for fun, basically. But they, like, how how could Stu know that they just had sex and that they are done now? That he now can come in and, by the way, <laughs> how did Billy prepare his his fake blood after sex? You know, it's it it. If you think about it, it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where I'm like, it's not a flaw of the movie. However, no, thinking no. about it is a little like, wait. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't detract from the film in any way. I, I think yeah. it, it, it works perfectly in the moment for, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, That's something you notice watch number seven. Yeah, like, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so the actual next death is the uh, the cameraman. I don't know. Does he have a name? I'm not even sure. I think it's, uh, I think it's Kenny. <laughs> Maybe. Kenny, Randy, uh, Billy, <laughs> all these yeah. names. <laughs> Casey. Um, Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Only Stu and Tatum again. Even Dewey. <laughs> Dewey, yeah, right. And Gale then does also not fit. Yeah. It's a surprising death, I think, at this moment, yeah. because you don't really expect it to happen. It's kind of classic in a way that he's supposed to be the one who could rescue her and then he's just killed. I mean, this happens in slashes very often. Yeah. And throat slitting is like the one of the most classical slasher deaths mm -hmm. uh, ever. But I, there's not much to talk about, I think, there. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say, because it's also like his character kind of only exists to show that Gail's an asshole. <laughs> but he's also not the most sympathetic one, right? No, because he's just kind of there. Yeah. It's more just like he needs to be there in like one of her first scenes so that she can 
call him a fat fuck and you can be yes. like oh yeah she's kind of she's kind of awful yeah so that then sydney can punch her in the face yeah i mean there the main reason why we haven't talked about gail and dewey at all is that they there's not much much violence connected to them and not much sex i mean they kiss at some point yeah. right and that's it uh and and more of that happens then in the sequels um yeah but when you just I mean, talk about sex and violence, yeah. they don't really play any significant role. Yeah, I feel like they are more like if you're just talking about Scream as like playing with slasher tropes. Yeah. <laughs> of like the useless cop and like how if you try to have news, it just doesn't work. Yes. And then yes. in this movie, they're like, oh, let's play with that. But it doesn't really factor into the violence and the sex. I guess, it yeah. It Except is kind of, of implied that, that like she's purposely trying to be hot and like young yeah. men like watching her, but it's still not really about sex. No, and this is also played up more in the sequels, I think. Yeah. But then of course the next victim is Dewey, who he is doesn't actually um, die. He doesn't die, but I mean he has a knife in its back. It looks like he died, yeah. right? I think it's easy yeah. to believe that he does not survive this. But it's also, it's really quick. Like, he's there, he has a knife in his back, he yeah. falls over, he's gone. Like, we don't see him until he pops up again in the end. And and that's it. Yeah, um, I think it's more like that moment where Sydney's like, okay, Dewey's here, maybe I'll be safe. And then she sees Dewey and he's just like, sit, and then falls over. Yes. <laughs> where it's more like her being like, oh, no, I'm not safe. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Randy is shot. Mm-hmm. Where this time I thought it's so obvious that he's not killed because he's so clearly shot in the shoulder. Like yeah, that's what you... I noticed. I was like, hey, he's only shot like right there. Yeah, like it, you, it's hard to imagine why you would think that he's not there anymore because why he doesn't just yeah. get up and, and and helps fighting because it seems really harmless the way he's shot. Like compared to some of the other violence we see, um, yeah, and that people uh, still are able to move on. But you know, again, it, it works for a movie. It, it works pretty well. Um, and, and of course, you were kind of sad about it because. I mean, Randy is a difficult character because I think he's very likable in some ways, but he's also very annoying in other ways. He's also yeah. not the most not sexist character. Yeah. I feel he's sort of like contrasting him with Billy and Stu. He seems like the best man to ever live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but when you actually just take into this, like, I don't know, like his obsession with Sid is not like, the creepiest but it's also not like it's just sort of like buddy <laughs> yeah and there's of course the line about jamie lee curtis and and, and like... yeah yeah like he's very like giving into all this slasher stuff which i actually really speaking of like the meta stuff and also how like tatum's death doesn't fit because the rest of the movie seems to be so like purposely trying to change things for women for the mm -hmm. better in slashers how like Jamie Lee Curtis gets to kill someone too. <laughs> it's like you have all these teenage boys objectifying her. And then uh, when Sydney dumps the TV onto Stu, it's yes. Jamie Lee oh, Curtis yeah. holding the thing. So it's kind of like she also gets a moment. Oh, that's <laughs> a, really, yeah, a, I like that. Funny yeah. way. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. It's also interesting that so like Sydney doesn't scream, but there are some screams in the movie. And it's basically just Jamie Lee Curtis on the TV screaming. <laughs> That's a lot of the screams you hear. That's true, yeah. yeah. Because Tatum doesn't scream, right? 
Yeah, I don't think she screams. I think Gail screams when she's crossing the car, but it's not like a horror movie scream. It's more like an action movie type of scream. And Casey screams. I, I think she's Casey the screamiest and one. She's one. more of the typical horror movie scream. Yeah. But again, it's sort of like in the beginning to set up expectations. Yeah. We talked about the finale a lot already. I, I, I'm not even yeah. sure if we have to get into it much more. Um, yeah, that's probably the second most violent scene would be the finale. And it, but yeah. because it's kind of like fun, which I think is what a lot of people like about slashers is that like the gore is sort of like fun is what a lot of people mm -hmm. like. But I feel like just contrasting like we were talking about with Casey, it's like devastating, which makes the violence feel yes. even more. Yes, so it's like exactly. even though Billy and Stu are just stabbing each other repeatedly, it's more like a little goofy in, yeah, in a purposeful is. way. Like it's it both. doesn't, yeah. Again, like it, it hurts and it's also funny at the same time. I, I like the callback in Scream 4, I think. There's the 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 finale, which is very similar, yep. right? Oh, which is one of the best finale. moments in the franchise, yeah. I would would argue. I don't want to spoil it because there is a chance that someone has not seen Scream 4. Uh, yeah, but that it's it's a moment that's so clearly referencing this one, but it's still yes. like it it hits almost just as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do want to point out because this is also not just the first horror movie I'm discussing on my podcast. This is also the first movie where one of the quotes I use in my introduction comes from, which is Billy saying that movies don't create violence, they just make like uh, killers movies more creative. Movies don't create psychos, they make psychos more creative. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Which is the quote I used in the beginning, uh, which is one of my favorite quotes because it summarizes so much of what I want to discuss here. Um, yeah. And seeing it in context now again and hearing it again was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Because I like that line too. It's, it's so it's so it, I, it's it brings like, I everything the movie line. talks about together. I love that line, but then I also love that it is given to a villain who's sort of unreliable, so that there is yes, still that yes, like yes. iffiness about it, where you're yeah, sort of exactly. like, huh, he has a point, but does he have a point? Because it's also kind <laughs> yeah, of crazy. But like, wait, does it? It's such a such a fun line. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's yeah. it's hard not to agree with him. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't even want to get into it, uh, also for time reasons, but there are several cases where real violence seems to have been inspired by Scream. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Which like, just least... adds an even more meta level. Yeah, of, like, and it's mostly basically... like teenagers killing other teenagers and then wearing the Scream mask or having seen the movie or saying they wanted to, and like, and, and like stabbing their victims several times. Yeah. And it's it's really terrible to read, actually. I yeah. still would argue that movies don't create violence. Um, yeah, I think it's something where it's like, I'm mostly with Billy because it's just sort of like, okay, but Scream is so clearly condemning all this, but like yes. it's kind of having yeah. fun with it. And I think like Tatum's death is a bit of a flaw, but I mean, you combine sex and violence on this podcast on purpose to also kind of explore like there are especially we could do so many other slashers that are so mm -hmm. much more like oh this is like if we talked about Sexist. terrifier <laughs> we would just be like oh they want you to have fun watching women die mm -hmm. and <laughs> um, even if i agree with billy and that's just was just my thought again that I'm not sure if I agree with him when I watch Terrifier 2 or 1. 
I'm not sure if that movie uh, yeah. does not create cycles. It's one of those things where I'm like, <laughs> I think that you can have violence and terrible things happen in movies. And then there's going to be terrible people that are, you know, I guess, you know, get more creative because of it or want to reference it. But it's like, if they weren't referencing that, they'd probably be doing something else. Yeah. But then there's also that sort of like movies as both like a mirror and enforcer of culture where if you keep watching a bunch of movies where you're supposed to be happy that women are dying, you might get desensitized and be yes. more happy that women are dying. Yeah. Not that everyone that likes Terrifier 2 wants to kill women, but no, no. <laughs> but I... I think I would argue that if someone tried to recreate Terrifier 2, it's a little more on Terrifier 2 than the people trying to create Scream. Yes, yes. <laughs> I would. If that agree. makes sense. I hate those movies so much. <laughs> I've only seen little pieces of them. I'm like, I can't watch that. That's. It's. It's. I. I. I no, I don't even want to get into it. I think they mm-hmm. don't. I, I, w- I would. I could live with them existing because there are many movies like this out there. Yeah. But the fact that, especially the second one, is so successful, so unbelievably successful, is something that I still, I've discussed it several times, I still don't understand it. I really don't get it. I I don't know, Mm -hmm. and I find it, this is something I don't want to say, I find it worrying. Yeah. (laughs) That people love going to cinemas to watch this film that endlessly, as you said many times, and it's so true, we're like, shows violence against women and clearly enjoys it Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's sort of uh like i said at the beginning it's like oh i have controversial slasher opinions and like this movie scream both like loves and is critical of slashers it's kind of like it it's kind of how i feel where i like i love scream scream is my second favorite slasher with black christmas um Mm -hmm. but there are two movies that don't participate in the reveling at violence against women, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of the genre does. I've, I've seen so many slashers by now, so many of the old slashers, and a lot of them are bad and terrible. But I prefer any stupid 80s slasher that kills lots of women over relatively high-budget slasher, Not even I don't even want to call Terrifier a slasher, like film that uses violence in this way and just goes on and on and on and on about it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I mean, Scream, I think it makes a mistake with Tatum, but I don't think that ruins the film. No, not at all. No. And it definitely still has so many other, like, good feminist ideas in it where, you know, lots of other slashers, it's like, they have a final girl, but even the portrayal of the final girl is pretty sexist. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, so uh, in a way, we talked about everything already. What, what The other violence that happens then is that Billy is uh, first stabbed with an umbrella, again, by Sydney in a, in a screen mask. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why, uh, but it's fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- then uh, he's, the Stu is killed with the TV, again, mm-hmm. an unusual death. Unusual death, and it's kind of fun that it's sort of like, He's killed by the TV, but he's also like killed by Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I really like that. Um, or killed by horror movies, right? If you if you yeah. want to put it this way too, right? Which is also an interesting spin for this film. And then finally, Billy is shot 
by Sydney after Randy predicts uh, mm-hmm. that he wakes up again, and then he does. And just, well, actually, he, love... isn't he shot by Gale and then shot by Sydney? Yeah, but the final, I yeah. mean, the final one. Yeah. Uh, where she's really, it's like a really quick cut. Like, they, again, they don't stretch this one out, the, the last one. Uh, it's just yeah. like, okay, don't get annoying. We, we just want to get this over with now. Like, we, we don't want to have these tropes. I, I mm-hmm. think it's what, what the movie's trying to say. Um, yeah, the movie, then, like, does them in a much more funny way. Yeah. Yeah, like, Randy being like, and he's going to get up, and he just does. And they're like, let's just get this over with. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I Sydney really being that. like, not in my movie. Yeah, exactly. And then the movie kind of ends abruptly, I think. It's something that I always find odd, that the movie is like, oh, there, there's the scene, and then camera zooms out, you see the house, you see the ambulances, and it's over. It's, it's, it happens so fast. It almost seems like they, they ran out of time or something. <laughs> Especially in the sequels, you often have like scenes yeah. like where you see Sydney again, and you see how she feels afterwards, or they set up the sequel. They don't, do, they don't set up a sequel at all, right? It's just, it's just yeah. over. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's actually kind of fun. Like, they talk about sequels in this a lot, but it almost felt like they didn't really have plans to make one. No, because they didn't Despite expect talking to be so about, successful. Yeah. It's like, like, Tatum's like, no, Mr. Ghostface, I want to be in the sequel. And I think, like, yeah, Stu yeah. mentioned sequels, and the movie's like, yeah, but yeah. we're done, though. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're not. Scream 2. I don't have a problem with that ending. I just find oh, it yeah. interesting the the way it ends. It's 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 just a bit unusual because we're yeah. used to different things, especially now when everything sets up a sequel just in case. Yeah, I think. Uh, which, which again, many slashers did in the eighties as well. Yeah, I think of like thinking of like slashers that didn't think they would get sequels. Like the ending usually is kind of abrupt. Yeah, that's <laughs> or, true. Like, that's or even true. like I'm thinking like Ready or Not. Which isn't like it's kind of slasher y, but it's like mm-hmm. a huge twist um, on slashers. But it's just like walking outside, sitting down, being like, well, and then the movie ends. It's one of my favorite <laughs> it's like, endings of our Yeah, film. it's like it's one of the most like drawn out endings of a film like this that I've seen, and it's pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is, but it is, it so, is it's very fun. But because I promised it, um, before we get to to the ending, I, I, again, I wanted to tell you what the problem was for the MPAA. So they they wanted to give it an NC seventeen, and their reasoning was the the biggest problem they had had was that the violence was too intense. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> there's a really interesting story that Wes Craven said that he um, <laughs> that they he couldn't change it. it was especially the opening scene and he said they only had one take of that scene so they couldn't change it which was not true so he lied to the mpaa okay, um, as he should and then the mpaa allowed that scene so it worked actually <laughs> that trick actually okay. worked and then it says that he sent eight different cuts to the mpaa and uh one of the again the the, the that steve was killed uh was uh, was too much so they had to cut some some of the the, the gore also, okay. uh, when, when so Kenneth, yeah, that makes sense. Like I that makes sense. Like you just see his face and then like cut to the wide. Yeah, it makes sense that you would actually see it and then to cut. No, but no, no, no. What they had to, what the problem was. What? <laughs> the problem was that they, when his intestines fall out, that you couldn't show that they move too much. That was the problem. Yeah, I know, I know. This is why why I love this. It's like, no, what, what, what? This? 
I, I realized I just made a face on a podcast, but yeah, it was a I'm, face I'm, of utter confusion. It's unfortunate <laughs> that people couldn't see your face. Uh, this this was worth it. Penny's death, the cameraman, uh, also was a problem because uh, in <laughs> you do see him looking at his bloody hands. They had to cut this, and the MPAA also said that his facial expressing uh, expression was too disturbing. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. Again, you see this movie and you can't imagine, you make your own thoughts of what they wanted to cut. And then you read this and you're like, what? This? This was the it's problem? It's also weird because I think uh, looking at the bloody hands and having a facial expression is less disturbing than like when Gail gets into the car and like the blood from his pouring down, he like falls down. And the, that seems more disturbing to me. Funny they that didn't you mentioned cut that. that. Oh. <laughs> because in the in the final scene of uh, Stu and Billy, they had a problem because there's so much blood. But they said what they have to change is that, that you don't see blood falling on the floor. Yeah, so there's you, your face again. It's, <laughs> so they can't. So you can't see blood falling on the floor while two idiots are having so much fun. <laughs> yes. Um, but you can see the blood just pouring down the windshield. <laughs> It's 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 I, you can't make sense of this. It's yeah. <laughs> these things I, that I just told you are one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. Why I'm I like talking about the ratings and the MPAA because it makes no sense. No one can say, oh, of yeah. course, yeah. I, I I wouldn't like the movie if you see blood falling on the floor. <laughs> yeah, like I know we started and I was like, oh, they didn't mention like sexual stuff. They usually do. Yeah, um, but like there isn't that much. Like, I wouldn't say any of the sexual stuff in Scream is actually worth a high rating. And, like, I would think the violence is worth a rated R. But to say that NC-17 <laughs> is, like, it's not worth that. Like, what? <laughs> like, the no. strong horror violence you're talking about is, like, blood dripping on the floor. But then blood <laughs> pouring down a windshield stays. I'm confused. It is super confusing. And then what happened is that even after they tried to change everything, they still wouldn't budge. They still said, no, this is an NC-17. So Bob Weinstein went to the MPAA himself and argued that they misunderstood the film and didn't see that even if they thought it's too intense, it's actually more of a comedy and then they said, ah, okay, then it's okay. <laughs> the only good thing that guy ever did. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like all of this, yeah. I think I, I find it so funny and, and, and crazy. Anyway, this, this is... Um, but it's of also course... kind of a, that's a pretty hilarious tactic though. To be like, it's, it's just so much more of a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's definitely funny on purpose, but I, I like that tactic. It is, yeah. I mean, they they, they were clever in how, how they dealt with it. Um, and it worked. That That's the good thing. Again, they cut some things, but but still. Um, yeah. What we don't see in the movie is not what you would expect the movie to become NC-17. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, that's just such weird things to cut out. <laughs> Have you ever seen is. the Scream TV show? I, I have actually not all of it. I I don't know. I dropped out at some yeah. point, but I, I definitely. Watched I the only first saw the first season, and maybe I saw even watched like, the second season. I watched a lot of it actually. I want to go back for the Kiki Palmer, but I watched like the first season, but it was like during my when I first saw Scream, um, 
And I remember that there's a scene. This is like one of the only things I remember from it. Where like yeah, one I remember character almost is nothing like, from it. Yeah, there was a character like stabbed by a tree, and you get such gross shots of their guts coming out. And now I'm thinking, was did they just put that as like a fun little Easter egg of like, oh, and now we're gonna Maybe. really show the guts. Maybe. I again that would be I pointed kind of it funny. Out. I pointed out recently that the way violence has changed, especially with TV and streaming, is so yeah. crazy because you see so much violence in TV shows nowadays. Again, I mentioned Wednesday because I watched the first yeah. episode and you see body parts lying around. And I thought, well, this is a, a show that kids watch, basically. Yeah. And it would be, a, and clearly it would be a an hard R in, in the past. Yeah. like I even watched, now, I watched, if it was a movie, yeah. it would be an R. I watched but on TV, it's like, when, okay. Yeah, I watched Wednesday with my dad and I couldn't watch it with my mom. So I was like, oh, you, you wouldn't be able to. She passes out if she sees blood. Well, I watched it with my kids because yeah. they heard so much about the show and they said, oh, I want to watch Wednesday. She looks so cool. Yeah. And I had no and idea. Like and then I watched kids. it and I was like really shocked by how extreme yeah. the violence was. Yeah, that is interesting. They're like, maybe I'm being too harsh on these people in 1996 because nowadays i don't think the yeah i think they would just be like yeah okay i'll rate it r to yeah. the movie screen <laughs> yeah which i guess maybe isn't that good of a thing people are much more okay with violence and sex in america we talked about this last time <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> i talk about this a lot here for some reason yeah. almost as if i'm talking about sex and violence here um yeah <laughs> let's get to our final segment um I don't even know. Normally I ask you if you can imagine a movie being more or less explicit or violent or sexual or if that would make a different movie. In a way, we talked about it already. Yeah, we kind of talked about it. Like we talked about the sexy not seeing anything, but how that's kind of uh, playing with expectations on purpose. If you actually saw Sydney's boobs and like the say yeah. it would be kind of eh. It would be disappointing. The, Again, yeah, then, the, the nipples are disappointing enough. Out, yeah. And then the stuff they cut out, we were already like, what? <laughs> Again, I think if the other deaths would be more violent, I think it wouldn't change much. It wouldn't, yeah. Film. I don't think it changed anything. It's just kind of weird that they cut it or that they had to cut it. Yeah, I, I, I almost thought, I do find it strange, as I pointed out before, that the early scenes are so gory and then the other scenes are almost completely non-gory at all. That yeah. it almost seems a bit out of character for the film to do one thing and then the other. But I don't know how much this is connected to the the different cuts they had to do and and what they have intended. So I, I don't know, but I'm fine yeah, with it. I, th I think it works. Like, yes. you're not at the end being like, this should be more violent. No, no, no. Yeah. That's normally not what I think. Um, yeah. Okay, let's give uh, our rating then. Okay. <laughs> so again, on a, uh, on a scale from one to 10, I don't have to explain it now. And if people listen to this as the first episode, oh, well, it's possible actually that people say, oh, scream, now I want to listen to this podcast. So uh, we do, do give a rating ourselves in four categories where you as the guest have to decide on a scale from one to 10 different things. And mm -hmm. the first one is how explicit would you say the violence in Scream, uh, the sex and violence in Scream is on a scale from one to 10? Should I do them together or separately? <laughs> I always do them together, even though in this case, it's a bit harder because yeah. it is a big difference. So I'd be like, how explicit the is the sex? And I'd be like, 0.5. <laughs> yeah of course but then if if we put it together like if you wanted to yeah. warn someone about sex and violence you would give a rating for all of it yeah i 
feel like the sex might pull down the violence a little and I'd be like, eh, it's like a six. So we go for a six. Yeah, that's what I'm... I Only because I'm combining them, so it's like an Yeah. egg. If I look at the whole movie, I think I would agree. I, I mean, just for the violence. But again, I think the opening violence is Yeah. almost a 9 or a 10 because it's such so much more explicit Mm than -hmm. so much other violence you see in any movie. Yeah, I would give the opening like a nine, but overall, like a six. Yeah. And even like, again, we, we talked about the principal's death is, is so tame too. It's almost as tame as the sex scenes. So let's give it a six. Okay, how huh, intense is the sex and violence in this movie? How intense? Don't ask MPAA. Yeah, don't ask them. So again, this might be a little lower just because the sex isn't intense at all. Yeah, I think because I think they were pretty much like almost the exact same thing we said before. Whereas I think the intensity is a lot there in the first scene. It's Yeah. very intense, and I think it's. I think it doesn't fall off as much in terms of intensity, but it does a little bit. So I'd probably be more like eight to seven. 7.5 a couple of episodes ago someone started giving 0.5s and since then everyone does a 0.5 it's so it's so funny but yes of course i i, I agree i i think i would i would have gone for maybe seven but i think 7.5 makes sense because the opening scene is very intense i also find the finale pretty intense with the the billy and steve Yeah. thing <laughs> I it's one of those things where I'm like it's intense but in a way that's also comedic but does that really take away? I don't know. And then So again, I think the, the middle part of the film is not that intense, actually. Yeah, that's why I'm like 7.5, just because it like starts and ends intense, but it doesn't always, and then the sex is just not <laughs> intense. Okay, yes. How much would you say the sex and violence is connected to the themes of the film? Oh, like 100% the most you could, because the entire point of this movie is to be violent and the way that they're doing it narratively like by genre and the way that they're doing it narratively with Sydney is to talk about sex <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think yeah the movie is dealing with both sex and violence thematically throughout the film, right? yeah this is With like the most 10 out of 10 of all the 10 out of 10s Well, I mean, any Cronenberg movie. Um... well that's true <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I would agree. This is a 10. And um, well, how much would you say this movie can be recommended for children where 10 is a no and one is a yes? Children can watch this. Oh, uh, children. So are we defining children as like below 18 or, That's up to you. <laughs> um, okay. If we're saying, if we're separating children and teens, then I would say 10. <laughs> Mm I -hmm. don't think tiny children should watch slashers, but if we're adding in teens, then like teens can watch this movie. <laughs> so I would probably say like five or six. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are many, many more movies where I'd say you really have to be much, much older to watch them. I think Scream is not one of them. There are parts of it, of course, that are quite I think like scary Scream and intense. is explaining itself as it's going along, which Exactly. helps. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, I don't know, like there's some movies where like, I love American Psycho, but that's sort of like infamously misinterpreted Mm hmm by a lot of people. And I think it's also by a lot of young men misinterpreted. For sure. Whereas, so I would be like, oh, you should probably be a little older if you want to get this, because like the themes are 
a little it whereas yeah. like scream is telling you what it is <laughs> yes it does it does how about a 5.5 yeah my <laughs> point fives again yeah yeah uh which brings us to uh 20, um, 29 i think if i counted correctly <laughs> no one is no one is looking this up or noting that anywhere so it doesn't really matter <laughs> Uh, it's not as high as many of the other films. Uh, I think it, it sounds reasonable. Okay. Yeah. That uh, puts an end to our Scream episode. Uh, I'm yes. really happy with, with our discussion. Yes. As expected. And, Honestly, uh, we probably could have talked for like two more hours about Scream. Yes, that's true. true. <laughs> I, that, I, I think that as well. But I think we did a, a, a fine enough job on discussing this. And yeah. I mean, this is one of the most discussed films of the last 20 years. I mean, I've heard listened yeah. to so many podcasts about this movie already. I hope we can add something with our discussion yeah. here. I think we yeah, can. We're probably not saying anything new, but hopefully putting it all together is helpful. Yeah, maybe our perspective uh, with yeah, maybe. focusing on the sex and violence uh, could help. Yeah. So yeah, uh, thanks for picking this film. I couldn't say yes. this is, uh, I, I say this every time, but this time I really, 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 really thank you for picking this film. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first again. time you picked Bound and I was like, that's perfect. And then I remember a little later, I was like, we scream exists we should do well, that too I, I do want to correct this i want to put it on the record i didn't pick bound i just convinced you to come on this podcast by yeah. suggesting that you wanted to discuss bound um, yes that's true you 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 tricked me into being a podcaster by being like but what if you talk about bound and i was like oh you got <laughs> yeah i almost did a billy move there um <laughs> to get you into podcasting um <laughs> So, just as yeah. evil really yeah I'm, I'm i'm sure but you came back so you know it's it's yeah. all your fault <laughs> okay then uh thank you and um yes uh thanks everyone for listening and uh i hope you enjoyed this episode and uh and the next episode which will also be an interesting episode if it if everything turns out well but mm -hmm. I, I i don't want to say what it is again because i never know mm -hmm. if it works out yeah Everybody i look different forward to before. I look forward to coming back for Scream 2, 3, 4, 5, and the new uh, 6. No. <laughs> ah, we can discuss what you came come back for. Uh, yep. Off mic. <laughs> yeah. But again, thanks, Joe, for being here. Uh, it's I, I love talking to you about movies. And, and Thank I hope you people enjoy me. listening to that. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> hope I'm not okay. the most annoying guest. <laughs> for sure you aren't. Okay. Thanks. Bye. They didn't ask me if I liked that. Because there's no way a girl could have killed him. That is so sexist. The killer could easily be female. Basic instinct. That was an ice pick. Not exactly the same thing. Yeah, Casey and Steve were completely hollowed out. And the fact is, it takes a man to do something like that. For a man's mentality. <laughs>